Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and joining me, as he does every single week, is my underhanded, secretly planning the demise of the Supers friend, Tim. The Supers friend? Why would I be... mm, It's like attorney's general. Oh, yeah, why? oh, great. Why would I be uh, planning their demise if I was their friend? Here's the, the real question. That's the trick of the English language for you, Frank. That's um, true. As a, as a note, actually, we're, I've heard the term the supers a lot in this episode. That's pretty new. We didn't get that tons previously. No, I, I think I first clocked it maybe last week, maybe the episode before. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, but yeah, that seems to be a new term that they're throwing around in, in the way that they're using it. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's like team flash team, you know, arrow, whatever, but team Supergirl doesn't sound as good. It doesn't roll up to quite the same way. So now no, it's the supers, the supers. I like the supers. I like it. That's good. It feels like the kind of thing that probably started in the writer's room and then they decided to let it spill off into the show, right? Kind of like team flash or team arrow. That's right. Actually, that's a great point. Frank, Frank. Do we have anything in the mailbag slash do you need me to take it off the shelf? I do need you to take it off the shelf and open it up. Otherwise, I don't I don't know what's in there. Okay, great. Whoop. Oh, Frank. Hmm? It's a little empty, Frank. It's a little light, you know? isn't it? It's a little light. I think that my muscles are starting to atrophy from how light this mailbag <laughs> is. I'm pretty sure that we need people to pretty sure that people should should help me build up my my arms and my core and my shoulder muscles yeah many people know, don't, during this time of quarantine you're right many people don't realize that this is the only exercise tim gets all week is taking this bag off of the shelf you should during the four weeks that we were on or whatever number of weeks we were on hiatus you should have seen this poor guy his arms yeah, were like spaghetti. i didn't move i just washed my back with a rag on a stick and honestly know, like, it was, was a, the, it was a struggle to get him to do that folks like he didn't even it's like, true yeah so it's true. All I'm saying that's is that's also not true. I just feel like I need to say that's not <laughs> true. I actually go for a walk every day. <laughs> like I just probably we're just at the record straight because because right because well, Frank, this is this is you know we're two we're two white guys like who do a podcast about a superhero. So I feel like we should note that you know stereotypes are, are stereotypes stere- and yeah stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, Frank. And I would like to know that I do not actually you know stay still yes no yes you don't okay. you don't neglect uh showering or exercise oh gosh no yeah absolutely not yeah. all right fair all right so now that now that we've set the record straight <laughs> now that that's out there now that that's good our, that's great yeah. now that everyone knows about your, your personal hygiene habits um it, it's good it's good <laughs> <laughs> and his wife agrees yeah. uh, so uh yeah let, i want to i want to take you through this email from uh from daryl uh, which he sent to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Um, and you can do the same. Uh, next week is the finale. So we want to get your your thoughts um, heading into the finale uh, for sure on where everything has, has gone so far this season and maybe where uh, season six might take us. But Daryl wrote to us and uh, Daryl compared this, uh, compared last week's episode, uh, Deus Lex Machina, he compared it to the House of L from uh, season four. Uh, where it you know showed that Lex was manipulating things behind the scenes the whole the whole time, um, so he drew comparisons there. 
Um, I, I like, uh, he, he brings up the, uh, idea of, you know, Kara and Lena being pulled apart and how clearly they had intended, you know, we're, we're, we're cutting our season short. We're only going to have 19 episodes as opposed to the usual 22 or so. And, uh, those three episodes that we're not getting, it seems like maybe some of this Kara and Lena and stuff, Lena stuff would have been resolved uh, more over the course of those three episodes. And he really pulls out the Jeremiah stuff um, and how we sort of, as much as we were joking about how they continued to mention Jeremiah getting killed off, um, it does seem like, you know, Alex, we didn't see anything about Alex finding out about uh, Eve having killed Jeremiah, we didn't really get resolution on that. And obviously there's still another episode to go, but uh, Daryl makes a good point that maybe those last three episodes would have been where we explored that a bit more, saw the emotional implications to, to Kara and to Alex about what happened to, to Jeremiah. But um, maybe we just won't get that, or maybe that'll be pushed off to the beginning of season six, depending on whether or not Eve is still relevant. Um, it's it's an interesting point. It's an interesting point. Like those last three episodes are probably having some story implications, um, and they're having to sort of change course a little bit. You know, all of those are good points. Some of them we we see the resolve from this week. You know, like some of the, the car you know, and Lena like stuff. We do the car, maybe it won't be like picture perfect by the end of next episode because of, because of the pandemic. You know, and things getting cut off. Right, but. Um, because th- this season we were only supposed to get 20 episodes of Supergirl to begin with, we're actually only missing one full episode of the show. So we're actually seeing a, a pretty good resolve for, or we should be seeing a pretty good resolve or at least a pretty good cliffhanger mm. for the majority of, for the majority of the, um, of the, of season um, six, five, five. That's a good point. Yeah, like we, we we were only going to get twenty to start with, so nineteen is actually a pretty decent percentage, right, of the of the episodes that we're getting to see. And we had we had read back when the lockdowns all began, we had read that they were maybe already beginning to shoot season uh, episode twenty. Um, so you know, it remains to be seen next week if maybe some they'll take footage from nineteen and twenty and create sort of a new ending to episode 19 that that gives us that that cliffhanger or some kind of resolution. Yeah, I think that they 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 I think that they at least will take some of 20 even if it's the beginning of 20 to kind of cap off the resolution because they haven't said much about say like episode 19 is directed by next episode is directed by David Harewood mm-hmm. and they're kind of still like calling it that as is i haven't seen anything different like this episode is a mash between this and this they're just kind of leaving that they're not you know they're just leaving it for what leaving it for what it is but i think we'll probably see some type of some type of stuff from 20 yeah we've been told they they were able to resolve it in a way that it was it's resolving differently than it was supposed to um because but that so like season six is actually taking a different trajectory because of this yeah. um, and, and what we'll be looking at. It's all very, it's all very interesting and very hush hush under the rug. Frank, like we really don't have tons of information. Yeah, it's there. true. They're, they're keeping it all pretty, uh, pretty close to the, pretty close to the chest, but 
Uh, interesting points, Daryl. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much for, for writing to us. You can write to us as well at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. And we would sure appreciate hearing from you. We always love hearing from all of you. Okay, Timothy, um, are you ready to talk about uh, this episode and give me some, some vital stats? I sure am, Frank. This is um, episode 18 of season five entitled The Missing Link, uh, which was a pretty fun stop motion movie, if I don't say so myself. That's right. If I say so That's myself. right. Yes. Not a lot of people saw it, Frank, and they really should. It was real fun. I stop didn't motion is a, is a kind of a loss scene. That's what I'm talking about. It was actually one of the biggest flops of the year. Was it really? It was fun. I don't yeah. think I realized it was stop motion. I think I thought it was CG. But then again, is it, I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was actually directed by the same, is it not from the same studio or same director as like Kubo and the Two Strings, which I also thought was CG at the time. I didn't realize it was stop motion until you told me. So yeah, the, that it's so fluid and amazing that they, that, um, you know, the, 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 the leaps and bounds that stop motion has really come is, is incredible, Frank. Um, but let me get through the rest of this information so we can then continue to talk about stop motion. Um, written by Dana Horgan and Jay Holtman, directed by Avi Uabayan. Uh Frank, this episode was pretty good, in my opinion. There was a lot of big stuff that happened. My mouth actually fell open at one point, um, but then I put some chips in it and everything was better. Oh, phew. I'm glad to hear that. I'm relieved for you. Thank you. Thank you. I actually didn't. I don't have any chips. We don't have uh, many quarantine snacks in this uh, house right now. Oh, man. We got a ton of quarantine snacks over here. It is. It is quarantine snack city. Uh, well, you know, you gotta, you gotta sparse the snacks out a little bit because I would just eat them all and well. right away. We've, we've been, that's the one place we've been sort of treating ourselves and letting ourselves misbehave a little bit is like, you know what, if we're going to be in a pandemic, I'm going to eat some junk food, but we're also eating a lot of vegetables. So it's kind of balanced. Itself. That's good. Really, I've actually, lo- I've actually lost weight since this started. That's great. Yeah. In, you know, less eating out all that considering, stuff. So considering you never exercise unless you're taking a mailbag off the shelf, that's pretty good. I know. Right. Yeah. That's not true, Frank. I also <laughs> put it back on the shelf. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, Frank. Let's start with that was a good bit. Yes. Um, because there were some real good bits in here that, especially, they actually, some of them really relate to the plot, but they don't necessarily relate to some of Storytime Village. And so we'll be able mm-hmm. to kind of talk about some of the things that happened in this episode. One, I love the line, Mr. Smith goes to Washington. Yes. Or as with the play on Mr. Smith goes to Leviathan. Yes. Really enjoyed that. Lex Luthor was on top of his pun game. He in was. This episode. It was good. That was a good one. I like that a lot. That was a good bit. Um, similarly, uh, in, well, not that similarly, but I, I love, uh, I always love dorky Kara. Uh, I love whenever mm-hmm. she does something dorky and I love when she got excited about, uh, feeling like Eliza Doolittle with the rain in Spain and then realized she was being a dork and was like, say it's <clears throat> mainly in the plane. Yep. <laughs> I enjoyed, I enjoyed that too. Some, sometimes, um, Sometimes her dorkiness beca- feels authentic. Yeah. If that if that makes sense, it like authentic to Melissa and not necessarily authentic to Kara. And this was one of those times that it felt completely authentic to Melissa. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That was that was excellent. Yes, loved it. 
Uh, I liked that. Well, I actually thought this was a good bit, but then Jean ended up being in the episode a lot. But I like they were like, oh, Magan is basically stepping up for Jean. And I was like, oh, that's great because David Harewood's busy being a director for next week's episode. So that was mm. such a great idea to have Magan step up and do that. But then he was in a bunch of the episodes. So I, I know, yeah. know. I don't know what that was about, but it would have been cool, Frank. That that section was that would have been a good bit. Would have <laughs> yeah. been a good bit. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but but I mean maybe maybe she will have more of a role than he does next week, and that's sort of what why they brought her in now. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Potentially, Frank. Give me another good bit. I liked uh, Ramakan's personalized playing cards in the dream. <laughs> well, you know, when you're thousands of years old, eventually, yeah. What do you get for the man who has everything? Right. You know, like personalized playing cards. That's what I'm going to get you next. I don't, I don't play cards, like so. I don't. You know, they're, they're they'll just sit on a shelf. Um, but sure. Sure, I'll put them in a frame for you. There you go, framed playing cards. <laughs> that's a f- yeah, there you go. That's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's things people have in their houses. Walk of say, this is my bedroom, and these are my framed playing cards. <laughs> Please come see the tour. With, with my face on them, <laughs> mind you. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, I loved Lex Luthor saying, I could have a bag of kryptonite dumplings delivered to her door. I loved that. That was so great, because it's so, like, she loves her pot stickers. She loves her dumplings. She does, and I think the one Lex Luthor knows that. I think so. Which is which is amazing. But two, Lex, why don't you just do that? <laughs> kind of. I mean, honestly, yeah. But that, where would be the fun in that for him? Right? Like he. That's kind of fun, actually. I mean, Kryptonite dumplings. That's kind of fun. I don't know. I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a actually a totally valid question. Why not? Like he could just do that. There is nothing. Yeah, if he knows that she likes dumplings, then he could easily you know intercept a delivery boy or whatever i think i think the thing is that he's not willing to ruin dumplings for her that's i think what it comes down to he has enough respect for the pot sticker that he will not tarnish its good name huh that could be maybe that's it kind of reminds me of austin powers where or dr evil's like i will go back in time and steal his mojo and scott's like why don't you just go back if you have a time machine why don't you just go back in time and shoot him when he's on the toilet like why mm-hmm. like why do you have to like why not do this but this is kind of like lex why do you have to like make ramakan go to the deo to do all this stuff why don't you just send her some kryptonite dumplings that's yeah that's genius genius that also kind of felt like a writer's room thing that they were like this is how we'd end the show if we ended tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> deadly takeout Oh, that's oh good man, stuff. that's the worst kind of food poisoning. Um, so um, I loved William. Uh, William made some kind of pastry. I couldn't really see. I watched the scene back a couple of times. Couldn't make out what it was. It was the one that it was one of the ones that he made pr- in one of the previous episodes, okay. like his grandmother's recipe or something like that. Yeah, I remember um, him saying that. I, okay, I can't remember what what the actual dessert was, but you know, Carl right. loves her dessert. Carl loves her, her her baked goods. Um, I just loved. That he said that he would go to patisserie prison if he ever gave away the recipe. And I'm like, I want to go to there. Arrest me and take me Mm -hmm. to patisserie prison, please. I think I've actually seen patisserie prison. I'm pretty sure that it's the prison from Paddington 2. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's what it ends up being. Well, sign me up. Have you seen Paddington 2? No. Oh, shame on you. Sorry. It's one of the was one of the greatest movies that came out in the last All ten right, years. So I'm making a list here. So first we got Missing Link, now we got Paddington Check. Two. 
check it twice, Frank, really, mm. too, you know, just to make sure. Yeah. Um, but really, though, if you have to choose between the two, watch the Paddington movies because sure. they, they're actually. A I've heard nothing but, lo- but delightful things. They're an actual delight. Um, a good bit for me. Uh, Pete Andrews, a.k.a. Sean Astin, showed up. Surprise, Yay. Sean Astin is my favorite Sean Astin. I was like, hey, look at that. I know. You're here. I know. I enjoy, I enjoy you. Um, I also like that that library was supposed to be the Library of Congress. Like, what? Say what? Yeah, no. Was that? No. Maybe, maybe no, that was an annex. <laughs> yes. That, that makes the most sense. Yeah. That yeah. makes the most sense. Oh, no. Oh, no. Anyway, um, please continue. I got real nerdy on this one. It didn't really pay off. But um, uh, they mentioned that uh, there is some employee, we find out as Eve, uh, who is Obsidian badge number 873. They kept saying 873, 873. I was like, is that number significant for some reason? Like, is there a, maybe is there like an action comics issue 873 that's significant in some way? Or mm-hmm. So I looked it up and I couldn't really find much. The one thing I did find was action comics number 873, which I have in my collection, um, is the sort of the beginning of the new Krypton saga from like 10 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Mm. And in that issue, um, that's like where the planet New Krypton gets formed, uh, that orbits orbits the Earth and the Moon. But um, in that issue, there is a very big Lex plot line where he is working to destroy the supers with Kryptonite. That's the closest connection I could get. So I was trying to find something there, I didn't quite find it. But you know what? I went down enough of a of a research rabbit hole that I figured I was still going to mention it because that's a good mention. Put a lot that of work into enough. It. You put a lot of work. So I don't know. I don't think that's what they were referencing. That seems like too much. I mean, because like, yeah, Lex is always trying to kill people with kryptonite. But um, I would love to figure out what 873, if there was significance to it, or if I'm just overthinking it. Could be overthinking it. I'm probably overthinking it. But that's okay. But you know what? These shows are designed for specific numbers for things. So, you know, sometimes. Right. They've done things like that before. Right. Right. Uh, I loved Pete finding the one payphone in National City to... (laughs) That, to talk to his wife. That was excellent. Yeah. 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 Like, wow, those still exist, huh? National City. Okay. Yeah. Good for you, National City. Yeah, got one. Good. Um, but I guess Vancouver actually has one. So I that's guess. good to know. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I liked, um, I, this is not new per se, but Lex's teleportation tech is yes. so cool. And I want it so bad. He used it so well in this episode. Obviously, he used to go to the he fortress did. last time and uh, whatnot. But um, the way he was in the like fight when he was getting all his inmates were like running towards him. I loved the way he was sort of doing like portal, like the video game portal, where he would like yes. disappear on and reappear on the other end of the room. Um, I loved that. That was cool. I did like um, also that he was able to like kind of fight like as as steve was on the ground you know he kind of dodged some stuff he wasn't exactly brainy in a fight you know but like you could see his 10th level intellect working towards the 12th level that's intellect right. and that that's kind right. of thing it was it was very that was fun i i agree with that um i love alex diving over a car because that's always fun to me that was so cool that was one of the coolest things I've ever seen her do, and she's done some really cool stuff. But I was really, really, I mean, I tweeted about it. Uh, I, I, like, had to, had to find that gif right away, because it was, mm-hmm. in fact, I had to make the gif. Uh, but it was so, so cool. I was totally into, like, give me give me more of Alex Danvers' action star, you know? Like, well, you, we might we might be getting yeah, that. Yeah, it sounds like um, it. I, um... I uh, want to listen to another one of your good bits because I realized that I just went. So sure. Oh, please yeah. continue. Um, 
so uh, I realize we both have this one, but uh, Ramakan blew up the freaking DEO. Yeah, that's a big plot point, Frank. That's actually that's that's the, where my mouth fell open. I, I On top of that, I think Ramakan being an actual threat this time was good because the last time you're like, really? You're the guy that we're worried about? Okay. Truly? Huh. Okay. But he was, I mean, like he literally brought down the DEO, No, which from the direction they're going make like a, as a series makes complete sense because everybody has been abandoning the DEO. Yep, you know, in favor of vigilantism, and they and they they realize I think on the show and the writers that the DEO has like outserved its purpose um, for like what is really necessary for them because they they've built this you know watchtower and like all this stuff and so but I really wasn't expecting it to go away like no. that. That was pretty crazy, and I was like, oh no, one floor is destroyed. The next shot, the whole building comes down, it just imploded like, on itself. Oh, like, oh okay, they're oh, serious. Oh my, yeah, they are committing oh to this. All right, yeah, I had this similar reaction where I was like, wow, like they're destroying the 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 like war room. That's good. oh no, though there it goes. Okay, there goes the mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, yeah, that was I was not expecting that, but that was that was really cool. That was, it really, was cool. really cool, and yeah, it does. It, they have been building to it, you know, seemingly all season. In retrospect, as everyone sort of one by one gets pulled away from the DEO, um, mm-hmm. but uh, I still loved seeing it. I thought it was. I'm really intrigued to see where they go in season six with this now. Right? Yes, five years of the DEO, four in that location. Yeah, you know, so that's it's a big deal. Yeah, to, it is to ditch, to ditch that place. It was a big set. Yeah, too, like a really big set. If you notice the difference between the DEO and the Watchtower, like yeah, there's a there's a big old difference between what sets they're working with. Yeah, I also felt like during the uh, the inmate fight, there were certain shots that looked like they might have been that same set redressed. Like the the DEO set oh. redressed, mm-hmm. um, like there's that you know that staircase that goes up towards the window that yes. Supergirl always flies out of. I noticed a staircase that looked a lot like that one. Could have been coincidence. Could have been the same one redressed, but um, it, it could be though. That staircase I think makes an appearance in a lot of television shows in CW. Pretty sure that's the same staircase that they used for um, the Asylum in Smallville and Arkham Asylum in last year's crossover. And it's like mm. it, I think it's the same building. They just it appears a bunch of times. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, but I'm I'm not I'm not positive about that. You could be right, but there's something about like the double wing stairs and the landing mm, and then coming mm-hmm. down. I think that I think it's the same building. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. They definitely are very economical about their use of locations, so it wouldn't be a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm not positive, but anyway, yeah, bye bye DEO. Bye bye. That was crazy. Goodbye. There were some green screens in the back of the collapsed DEO, though. Did you notice? I did notice that, and I was a little surprised that it was there. I was like, I guess it's intentional, but wow. Okay. That's a choice. Yeah. Yeah, that's a choice. Yep, they did it. Um, before that happened, though, Supergirl diving through the uh, the glass, you know, like when that gets a trap, um, and she dives through. Kind of reminded me of George Reeves, like diving through things. Yes. Um, yeah. Classic. Yeah. Just classic. Like, and we're ju- jumping through a wall. We're jumping through it. That's kind of what it, it reminded me of. Was good That's stuff. true. You don't see a lot of of the super cousins busting through walls these days. It's not really a, a a gag that we go for anymore. But in the fifties, that was like the here he comes, like bursting right through the wall, like you know, making a hole in the wall. That's true. Uh, if you think, I mean, it's just property damage. I, I mean, really, totally, I, totally, yeah. yeah. But that More was a thing anything. that like kids in the fifties were impressed by. Like, wow, he just took down that brick wall for no good reason. Like, there was a yeah. door right there. He could have <laughs> just walked in. <laughs> 
That's so true. <laughs> Half the time, like planks of wood and brick were like smacking him in the face as he was coming through. Yeah, he he's like, I'm not phased by this at all. This is normal. Ah, yes. Plaster and timber. No problem. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ra- yeah. Random bad guy of the week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, and finally, I the romance between Jean and Magan is nice. It kind of feels like a full centric uh, like completion of Jean's story, you know, because she even says to him, this doesn't really fit anywhere in the themes, but, you know, she says, like, last time I saw you, you were struggling with your identity as, you know, as Martian Manhunter, as John Jones, all this different stuff, and here you are fully accepting of both, and you're wearing your Martian gear, but your human face, and this is, like, really, is really nice. Yep. And But, I mean, he's been wearing that face for a long time now, That's so, of right. course, I think to him, it, like, feels like him right right which is cool right yeah i mean it's like his identity now um mm-hmm. i had a similar i had a similar thought um around their romance have we ever first of all have we ever seen those two martian manhunter and miss martian romantically involved before no it's usually his niece that's what i thought or like or they like call Pretend, each other uncle yeah. and niece even though they're not really that depends on the version that you right. look at but i've never seen them like roughly the same age and romantically linked before I, I, that's what i thought so that seems significant and interesting you know like a first that's a huge diversion from yeah. the source material but i like it and the other thing on a similar note was have we ever seen green and white martians romantically involved before Ooh, good question i don't think so i, um, I think this might be a first for that too yeah i don't think so but I think you are correct. At least I, I forget that she's a white Martian because like even when she's like in her Miss Martian mode, she uses the green, green look. Yeah. Um, at least in TV and film, I think it's a first. Can't say for sure in comics because who knows? 80 years of DC uh, continuity. Mm-hmm. Uh, there might have been something that happened. But um, at least in TV and film, I'm pretty sure that's a first that, that we've never seen a white and green Martian getting together before. So that was interesting to me. From a comic yes. book nerd perspective, yeah, I I agree with you. That is fascinating, Frank. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, uh, I've got good bits. I've got just a couple more. Um, go for I'll, it. I'll go through real I'm, quick. I'm, I'm, I'm out. No, take your time, Frank. Take your time. I just I loved when Lex does his monologue where he reveals his true plan to Lena. Um, mm. And I won't get too much into this, but what I loved about it from a good bits perspective was that it was very Darth Vader, like join me and together we can rule the galaxy as brother and sister. Um, (laughs) Definitely reminded me of that. He made a point of accentuating. He says, he says it's my way is the only way. And I'm like, my way is your theme song. So I feel like that's a choice. That was a choice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like that. Good one too. Yep. Yeah. And then finally, this was a cool little sort of flipping of the script. The trope in a lot of film and TV is uh, you've got a man following a woman down a dark alley, and it ends poorly for the woman, right? Like, he's he's got her surrounded or whatever. But instead, we see William chasing Eve down a dark alley. You know, she looks all scared like she's... But, but really, it's a trap, and she leads him into a trap, and he ends up with a bag on his head instead of the other way around. So that was a cool reversal of a of a film trope. That is very... That's a very good point, Frank. I wrote that in... Um, when we get to Storytime Village, I wrote that in the Integrity of Journalism. 
Um, but basically, I wrote that William is just bad at tailing people. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He looks shifty when he's following after her. He's like, I'm being sneaky because right. I'm William he, and a journalist. He thinks he's being sneaky, but she's like, she, he's literally walking into her trap. That is correct. Right. And it's pretty great. Right. Yeah. Maybe because we like Eve more than we like William. <laughs> that may be true. Not that we dislike. I don't really dislike William at all, but he no, feels and- like a character that is there for the plot and not a character that is there to be a part of the show. Yeah, and and the I'm I'm not sure where I fall on the romantic plot line. Like now Kara is clearly interested in him, but like when he was interested in her, she said no, and now he's into I'm just sort of like where be, where is this aimless or is there a place that like is there a destination in mind for this? Maybe there was the idea is the setup that like it was supposed to be like a Lois and Clark kind of thing. And I'd be I'd be down for that. I would be down for that. Yeah. But the thing is like I think like you can put Lois in front of a bunch of supers and she stands on her own and everyone's like, Hey Lois, hey Lois, hey Lois. If William goes there I He don't, ends up with like, a black bag on his head. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But he can bake, so he can bake. He it's a way to her heart. Yeah, uh, yeah. Frank, Professor Comics Corner. It's not really a comics thing, but I noticed that. So Obsidian was doing the Unity Festival, and all oh, I, I noticed Spider Man one, and I was like, oh no, I hope the Green Goblin doesn't attack. That was and Macy and and we got star Macy Gray to sing. I know, right? Isn't that exciting? Yeah. Oh man, yeah. I'll put a link to that clip in the show notes because I had exactly the same thought, and I was very because they literally call it the Unity Festival. And that's what it's yep. called in Superman and in Spider-Man. It's the, in Spider-Man, it's the Unity Day Festival. Yes, yeah, so funny. I like, there was nobody around me. Obviously, there's nobody around me to be like, ah, do you get it? It's, I, it's I like was a like that thing. I was like that that uh, shot Leo of DiCaprio. Leo DiCaprio once upon a time in Hollywood where I'm pointing at the screen like, hey, wait a second. <laughs> hey, that's, yeah. that's the Unity Day Festival. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Give give William the Science Award, right? Yes. There's a beer with geeks reference uh, for you. Um, I have actually a, a sort of a minor Professor Comics corner as well, and that is that uh, the language that Ramakan and Brainy were speaking um, in the uh, subtitles, um, it said speaking in Jahanpurian, and I, I looked it up, and Jahanpur is the planet that Ramakan is from. Um, where he was, he was the, the ruler of. So they made they made a point of having it be his his language. So his, his actual language, his actual like that. So they were comics accurate with that. Love comic accuracy. I love it. I also love deviation sometimes. So you know what? I'm sure. a whole bag kind of person. Both have their benefits. Um, why was that a decision, Frank? Our, our yes. next our next line. This isn't really so much that was why a decision. I have a question. I think Andre's office is different again, but I wasn't sure. I the blue, white, gold kind of sponge paints thing that she had going on behind her desk. I didn't recognize that, uh, but I could be. I just might just I might just be misremembering. Uh, but. It seems new, and I kind of hope that it's not because I love the idea that half of her time is just spent redecorating her office. Oh, <laughs> uh, man, yeah. She's the woman has had more offices than, than Kat and James combined, no? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because at first sometimes it's a curtain, sometimes it's like a wall. Like there's, It just keeps shifting slightly. Maybe she just and... has an eye for interior design, and that's how she likes to spend some of her time. 
It's very possible, but um, she really should be spending her time fixing her, you know, technology. Her broken VR really, is going to kill us all. Yeah, yeah, maybe. You know, or she's doing like an Einstein patent office thing. She's like, I'm going to paint this wall and think about the problem. Yes. Like in the back of my brain. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting here like, oh, yeah, where did I hear that on a podcast recently? And it's Academy Rewind. It was you. That's me. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> that's me i say that that's hilarious I was like, yeah i just heard someone reference that like no that was him on a different podcast. that was me i referenced that because i'm the only person alive that i love that like though. putting the analogy that's great i you do know? that i do that yeah. too you do a menial task to work out a bigger problem in the back einstein yes. worked at the patent office to figure out relativity it was yes. great it's got to work it. Got to go to the patent office. Got to do something menial to figure out a bigger problem. That's it. It's excellent. Yep. Yeah. It'll catch on one day when everyone reads, you know, that biography on Einstein. It's very good. One of these days. It's very good. Make a Netflix series uh, out of it, and then everyone will consume it. They made a biography series out of it. Well, close enough. Good. Excellent. Very good. Frank, Storytime Village. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so the this over-reliance on technology and blah, blah, blah. So- Obviously, this is all Lena's side of stuff because, you know, she the tech is not working as she hoped and it causes adverse effects among the prisoners. And Steve, Steve, poor poor Steve, poor Steve, truly poor Steve. Mm -hmm. Indeed. And so it all kind of culminates with her just like destroying the machine. And she's just like, nope, it's not going to work. I give up. I tried to help all these people and it didn't work. Because she says humanity will always try to protect itself to evolve, and you can't stop that. Um, it's just not its not possible. Right. But this is where Lex shows his true colors, which I really like, this intersection of the themes here. Because this is where he like steps out of this game that he's been playing mm-hmm. with her. And he, and he says, no, no, I agree with you. Humanity can't be fixed. They need to be controlled. Humanity needs a firm hand to guide it, to lead it, and not some arrogant alien. It needs to be human. I really like that switch because he he also says to her that, like, I didn't mislead you. I supported you. I did, like, all this stuff. You failed yourself. I didn't do that to you. I didn't set you up. You messed up. It's all on you. I was actually really supportive. This is him being a sociopath. By the this way. is him being a sociopath. This is him being a sociopath and an abuser because mm-hmm. it, this is so, so typical of of like abusive relationships, verbally abusive, emotionally abusive relationships, where the second that a person, you notice that he didn't pull that out until she called him a megalomaniac. Like when she called him out for what he was doing, he like went from like a four to a 10 real quick and he starts shouting and when was when have we ever seen him do that i think this is the first time we've ever seen him lose his cool like that Mm -hmm. absolutely lost his mind and started blaming her for everything and that's exactly what people in these abusive relationships do like that's how they keep you in is by making you feel like you're the bad one um when you attack their faults and their flaws so that Mm -hmm. was like perfectly written yeah i think so too and i think really well delivered by i think really well delivered by the boat by the both of them fantastic like the two of them play off each other so well shouting without being silly like being taken seriously when you go from a four to a ten is very difficult yes because you have to believe that his his anger his like rage is a credible threat uh and so i think in some ways it's easier to simmer 
and like be quiet and be deadly, but to shout because sometimes people get like when somebody shouts, like sometimes your reaction is to giggle because you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. This <laughs> is SETI Alpha 5. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. And so I think, um, I think they played off each other really, really well. Um, and so, you know, he, um, you know, um, you know, she goes on to say that, like, you're a monster, but that doesn't mean I have to be one, too. Mm. So even though he flips at her and he he wants her to fail so they understand his way, my way, right? You know, um, and so, but, you know, this is her lean a line in the sand. This is what we've been talking about for since she showed up in yes. season two. This was the moment where she was like, just because you're one doesn't mean I have to be one. And so you failed, your highness. Yes. You know, yes. I am a Jedi like my father before me. That's this is right. That, that, that's her moment right here. Like, you showed me the path to the dark side, and I am literally throwing it back in your face. Yes. And I'm going to actually go back to the person that I should have trusted all along and apologize, which is not something Lena Luther does. That's true. That's true. This is definitely a bit of a departure for her in a good way, in the right way. Right. This is where like her trust thing comes in. This is see, they all see, this is why I like the end of seasons where all the themes really start to intersect together. All it, it all connects. And so like, she goes to reconcile with Kara, you know, and she says, you know, like I've made a terrible mistake. I thought I could get rid of the hurt, the hurt that took me down a dark path, the dark side where I was blind and what I was really doing to what I've become this whole time. I became the villain and I'm not looking for forgiveness. I'm just looking to stop them. You don't have to forgive me. That's not my job to tell you to forgive me. That's up to you. And while I was watching Kara kind of like listen to her, all I could think was like, oh my God, it would be so hypocritical if she rejects Lena at this moment. Right. Because that's how this whole mm-hmm. thing got started. Right. Right. And so that was a big deal. Even though she's not warm about it, for her to take the chair, sit down. This is not, oh, we're best friends again. It's a, we're going to work on this because that's what friends yes. do. That's what people who love each other do. We, yes. we like pick each other up, even if that's hard. Um, yes. And I thought that all of it was played out very well. Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a very, that's a very good point. Uh, yeah, it would have been very hypocritical and, and it would work really nicely i do like that her emphasis is on it's not about the forgiveness it's about fixing this situation like Mm -hmm. think what you want to think about me be mad at me don't forgive me fine do whatever you will but let's just agree that we'll work together to stop this threat and but and then that's that's where our we're culminating to because we know that lex is working working with leviathan obviously he's invited onto the quote-unquote the ship and and now lena is working with the supers you know so like you have two luthers working against each other with you know the evil and the good and it's all you have like the grays working with the completely dark and the completely light and that's yes a very interesting dynamic it is that they've they've set up um through the course of the through the really the course of the show to this point which in some ways begs the question what's lena going to do from here Mm. you know from a show standpoint moving on to season six what does lena have left to learn what what is her role moving forward because we've seen her 
declined through several seasons for kind of fighting it, fighting it, fighting it, fighting it. And now we've reached this kind of moment, this, you know, this apex where she chooses goodness to not be a monster. Yep. Like he is. I reject your way. I'm going to do it my way. Mm-hmm. Um, the Francine Sinatra mm, yes, um, yes. side of things. Right. And, you know, and go from there. It does, that does raise an interesting question. Does she, is this her rock bottom? And from here, she only goes up and, and does she become part of like the supers? Like, is she part of team Supergirl now? And she's going to be like their genius, uh, leading the charge. Like Brainy's still around too. Like where is there room for two geniuses leading the charge? Um, is she the person in the chair? Like Brainy used to be for, for Kara. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, does she join well, the team yeah. in some other way? So let's go back. So let's actually talk about Brainy for a second because Brainy secrets are starting to get to him too. Where he, um, you know, he was, he's being used by Lex, even though he thinks that he's not in twelfth level intellect. My butt. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a twelfth level intellect. Did you really not think I'd figure it out? And I'm like, um, are you Brainy? Yeah, are you? Are you? Because Lex is a tenth level intellect and he's running circles around you. So, but here's the thing, though. Just because he's got the book smarts doesn't mean he's got the common sense. And I think that's an important distinction to talk about when they say, when we say like, oh, he's a 12th level intellect and stuff like that. He's taught, you're talking pure knowledge. Yes. Algorithm. He is not talking like cunning. And I think those are, those are different skills and different types of intellects. Yeah. And it's like cunning, emotional intelligence. um, And even just an understanding of like, an understanding of humanity, right? Like an understanding mm-hmm. of how humans are deceptive. Like, like Mister Spock is brilliant and has and has has a high intellect, but he is so logical that he can't understand why humans do the things that they do. And I feel like we've sort of seen a little bit of while Brainy is not to the extreme that Mister Spock is, we've seen that he has maybe a similar that same flaw to a lesser degree, where he mm-hmm. maybe doesn't see through or he thinks he's seeing through Lex's. Uh, um, uh, cunning and 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 lies and 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 secrets, um, and seeing through to what the possible end game could be. But he's maybe in a sense underestimating Lex because he doesn't he doesn't realize just the links that he'll go to, um, to to get his way and to 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 do what he's trying to do here. Right, right, and you know, even after the collapse of the the collapse of the DEO brainy still can't pick a side because part of that, like the lack of emotional intelligence there where he's like, he's thinking about the algorithm and only the algorithm. Like, but he actually needs the supers to teach him something about loyalty, family, um, you know, love, like those things that intellect, pure intellect can't help you with the Mr. Spock problem. Yes. Yeah, and uh, so I, I did like that exchange between um, Brainy and and Dreamer in that moment after the collapse of the DEO because she was like, it's funny though because she was like, I swore that I would be with you no matter what, and then maybe I decided I wasn't, and I'm like, okay, well that's being a little hypocritical, <laughs> you know, just slightly. But I understand where you're going. But you know, like, yeah, I guess swearing or making an oath doesn't mean anything to you, okay? <laughs> but <laughs> hey, here's here's a question: When Brainy started working with Lex. He said, like, I, I'm I'm joining forces with you because, like, I've seen the future, I've been to the future, and, and I think the only future that where this works out 
you know, well for everyone is one where I team up with you, right? He said something to, mm-hmm. that, to, that, to that effect. So I, I, I still think he was probably right. Like things might have actually been worse in the end. Sure. If he hadn't helped Lex or worked with Lex, like that's right. As much as he has to team up with the bad guy temporarily, it probably would have been even worse if he, if he didn't, if he wasn't there. That's true, though he is now in a place where he is being surprised by things, yes. which means that the uh, his original intent with teaming up with Lex and like all that stuff, not like that original, that original outcome is changed. Yes, so like That's he didn't right. carry the one or something, you know. And yeah, so now yeah. it's now it's different, and so now he's got a he has to retool himself. Yes, so. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, and then finally, with uh, secrets and trust, Frank, we have Alex who's struggling with her civilian identity. We didn't get tons and tons of this this episode, but we got little hints. And it was really thanks to um, my boy Sean Aston, you know Pete uh, Andrews, who was like, "Hey, look, I've you know the authority of the of the uniform and what it gives you and all this stuff." And uh, one day you have to realize that it doesn't, mm. and like it's over now, and you have to kind of move on from that. And so Kelly, in a weird way, is like, well, maybe you should go further and you should come up with a new uniform and a new mask and all this stuff. And I'm like, really interesting. This is where we're going with Alex. Yeah. Well, yeah. And Kelly said it worked for my brother. And I was like, but did, did it? it though? <laughs> I don't think it I don't think it actually did. Kelly, you weren't there. Yeah, you didn't right. See it. <laughs> we saw it happen. Don't tell us it didn't happen. And uh, um, so. Yeah. Yeah, so it kind of worked for him, but it might work better for Alex. Mm. Um, but I don't know if she necessarily needs one. If that, I yeah. guess that's like where I was like, I don't like, like, does she need an identity? I don't like a, an alternative identity. I don't really think so. But I guess what she is doing is vigilantism. And so by putting her face, like she's breaking the law by putting her yes. face out there and like not being accepted by, by, um, you know, like government forces like Supergirl is, or sometimes is whatever, like she actually is putting herself in, in danger yes. of, of other things. So actually maybe protecting her identity is a good thing just from the point of being like, if she hurts somebody by accident or causes some kind of property damage or whatever, like, you know, she's protecting herself against being sued. It's just being smart, right? It's like just self-preservation. If you're going to be doing illegal things, then maybe wear a mask. Um, like just from like a self-protection standpoint, I guess that right. that does make sense. That's a valid right. point. And then, so then my next question though from that is, is she a new hero? Is she the next guardian? It like, what, what happens? Where does she go from? Where does she go from from here what are we looking at for her like what dc character are they going to kind of you know because they took the garb of the guardian and gave it to james yes do we get you know i don't know is Huntress it and give yeah, it and right, give right. it to alex or you know like is it a new guardian do like is she a different harbinger you know like what are the Sure. You know, does she become the question? You know, like, what right. are the... Are we going to take a different, another comic identity and give it to her, like we did with the Guardian? Is she mm-hmm. just going to be the Guardian? Um, 2.0. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's an, ex- that's an excellent question. Um, I I would love to see where, where, where they go with that. I'm, I, you know, I, I'm a little conflicted about it because I wasn't thrilled with what they did with the Guardian... You know, with James as the Guardian to begin with. So will they right. I, I hope they'll do 
you know what what I would consider a better job with with Alex and and give her sort of more to to do well, as a I, secret identity. I I think in general Alex has always had more to do than James. Period. And so like I don't know if we're going to see Alex doing anything differently except that she'd like have a have an alias and a new outfit. Yeah. which will probably be a riff of on her DEO uniform, you know. Yep. Yep. So I'm not completely oppo- I'm not completely opposed to it. I'm thinking back to when Alex went into the VR, um, went into Obsidian, and we saw all the different versions of Alex, like one that was a doctor and one that was like all the different identities or in different costumes and stuff. Were there any things in there that were sort of in the background? And we talked about some of them. When we watched that episode. I need to refresh my memory. But were there any things in there that could become her costume? I wonder. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm trying but, to you know, that. she was... She was Supergirl. She, she was, was a doctor. Girl, yeah. She was a mother. Um, I don't know if she was anything else though. But even like she, like being Supergirl in that VR world, like actually even gave her a taste for a different kind of uniform and a different kind of heroism. And so, like maybe actually, it is kind of like it planted the seed for her there to. I like that idea. Not to yeah. be so far fetched. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. We'll see where the if they pick this up next episode because they're going to have to. They're covering a lot. Yes, usually in the penultimate penultimate episode yep. of a um, of a show. So um, I'm so excited. We'll, for see, this we'll see what happens. But me too. Um, anything else you'd like to add um, before we kind of wrap up? That's it for me. This? Good stuff, Frank. So why don't you tell us where the people can find us, and then we can do trailer TV talk. Sounds good. Yeah, if you don't want to get get spoiled. Uh, 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 on what happened in the trailer and what's happening in the finale, as far as we know, um, then you might want to tune out now. But thank you for listening. You can find us on the internet at supergirltvtalk at gmail.com. Um, that's where you can email us. Uh, you can find us at supergirltvtalk.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher and Spotify and Google Podcasts and everywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, please rate and review us in all those places. Um, if you've got if you've got a, a minute while you're listening to us here, uh, maybe just consider popping out to that uh, to that app you're listening to us in and uh, leaving us a rating or a review. Uh, that would mean a whole lot to us. Helps the show get discovered. So thank you for doing that. Uh, you can also support us at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. That supports this show and all the other shows on the Thought Bubble Audio Network. Um, if you've, you know, times are tough. We hope that, um, everyone is, is staying healthy, doing well. And obviously, um, not everyone's got, got, uh, extra cash on hand at this, at this point. And, and we obviously understand that. But if you, if you do have a dollar or two to, to spare, uh, even as little as a dollar a month, um, goes a long way in helping us keep the, uh, keep the lights on. So please consider that. And, uh, otherwise you can find all the other shows at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. Good stuff, Frank. Thank you for that. So let's talk trailer mm-hmm. TV talk, shall we? Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, of course, you know it is the um, it is the final episode of this season. What a what a ride it has been, Frank. It has um, so in the in the uh, finale, which is uh, which is entitled "Immortal Combat," which is great. Um, good pun. Leviath- it's Leviathan and Lex. Uh, versus Supergirl and Lena, and I assume the rest of the Super Team. Female Brainy is back. Yeah. Um, and uh, Eve points a gun at William, and William is in danger. Oh, no. What oh, no. We, what oh, happens? Oh, no. Um, but that's pretty much all it shows us. So Yeah. Um, I mean, Lex, Lex planning to kill Supergirl is pretty standard fare for, uh, yeah. for Super for, uh, super 
story. Uh, but it does seem like a pretty solid season finale plot. You know, like if you're going to do that story, you want it to be the finale, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this episode, be, mostly because I, I like I want to know how it ends, and not just yeah. as a resolution to the season, but like ha- because of what's happened. Yes, uh, in, what in happened the in the real world? world? How are they getting the real world? Yeah. I want to know how this ends. It's so interesting. Same. So yeah, we'll see what happens. But Frank, what a good time uh, it has been chatting with you, as it always is. Yes, sir. And um, I look forward to our next chat next week. Um, but until next time. Up, up, and away.